Greetings, friends. I'm John Haspel. This is a Dhamma talk from Cross River Meditation Center in Frenchtown, New Jersey. If you find benefit from this talk, please support the restoration, the preservation, and the presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma with your donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace. This is today's teaching. My mind is calm, restrained. I counsel others with ease. Hurtful qualities fall away as a leaf from a tree with a gentle breeze. That's today's meditation and teaching. So, we, we talked about just this, um, just before our meditation. We recognize that we're caught up in a hurtful but fabricated quality of mind. We take a breath, uniting the mind and the body, and that hurtful quality has just fallen away. There's nothing else that we need to do about it, say, practice the Dhamma. What, that, what I'm pointing to is we don't, we don't need to analyze, or we shouldn't analyze, where the feeling, where the thought, where the situation, whatever it is that's distracting us in this moment. And remember, it could be something blissful. But whatever it is that's taking me out of this moment is something that is a fabrication. Unite my mind and my body through my breath, and this moment is a moment established in common understanding. And then the next moment arises. So that's what Dhamma practice is about. What we were talking about um, and what this little poem is about. Just that common peace that's established through uh, authentic Dharma practice. So, what do you think, Alex? Um, yeah, it's quite relevant compared to what we were talking about before, actually. Um, I was... What, what do I think? My mind is calm, restrained. It's interesting. So, so who is it that wrote this poem? Uh, it's a, one of the. Um, it was actually a significant uh, figure in the Buddha's original sangha. His name was Kotita or Maha Kotita. He, he was an awakened. Uh, and there's, um, in fact, I'm going to be teaching a series on Kotita. I'm not sure when. I'm, I'm still uh, restoring those. Uh, but there's a series of. Now, there's probably 20 references to Kotita in the Sutta, maybe even more that I haven't come across. Um, and then there's six or seven that are just wonderful teachings where either the Buddha is teaching Kotita or t- Kotita is now teaching others. And this is just one example of that. So, uh, what, what's interesting about the poem to me is the inclusion of I counsel others with ease. Yeah. Because he could have said, he could have made the poem about him. My mind is calm, restrained, hurtful. Oh, I'm sorry, Alex. Could you, could you say that again? I use it. Bones. Come on. Sit it's down. just interesting. The second line. It's just interesting that he includes a, that that part of it. Um, he could, yeah, he could have made the poem about him. My mind is calm, restrained. Hurtful qualities fall away as a, tree, as a leaf from a tree with a gentle breeze. 
Yeah. But um, there's a significance in the second line because um, he's making a point that part of this practice is to counsel to 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 have a calm and peaceful mind. Yeah. Which enables us to counsel others easily. Yeah. Yeah, well, he's, he was one and that the Buddha would often call on to go teach others. So he, he recognizes how important that it is to be able to do that with ease. Yeah. The implication is, yes, you have to thoroughly understand the Dhamma before you could actually do that. So it's really a declaration of, listen to me, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. As yeah. exampled by counseling others with ease, as opposed to you know, a, a, a rote kind of grim determination uh, he's inspired by that by that fact and, and um, but also the fact that he put hurtful qualities fall away after counsel others with ease as if yeah. as if it's his it's his him helping others is part of his practice that helps him practice yes so, and not not proselytizing we're not we don't we don't become evangel evangelists we just are examples of the Dhamma. So everybody in the original Sangha uh, had to literally take care of themselves. So they were responsible for their own robes made out of rags and their own food every day. There was no food to go around. Uh, they didn't have you know kitchens and warehouses. They lived by the moment. Um, and so every day they had to get up and walk into town with their bowl, you know, seeking a, a bowl of food for the day. Um And so all of that—I was going to call it imagery—all all of that uh, behavior shows that they weren't isolated from the world. In fact, they were on a daily basis. They were involved in the world, mm-hmm. and so their their literal literal. Well, I have trouble speaking today. Their literal job, in order to get paid that bowl of food, was to share the dhamma with those that were interested. So. Teaching the Dhamma is an aspect of Dhamma practice. Yeah, yeah. Now, we, we took it, you know, uh, and then a teacher of the Dhamma takes it a step further, which is what we're doing here, what you were involved in. And, and again, you're always welcome to rejoin. I think you know that, and it, it's okay if you don't. Um, and one of the reasons why I've organized our classes the way we do... <laughs> Bodhi, stop it! There you go. Well, come on. What's the matter with you today? Something's gotten in them. Um, the reason why we organize our classes the way we do, and it, and it follows the example that I gathered from the suttas, how the Buddha just ran the original Sangha, um, is that we're teaching each other as we're sharing our development of the Dhamma. Um, and then we're able to do that, whether we're formal teachers or not, just interacting in the world. So we don't go out for alms rounds today. We'd probably get arrested. But we do go to supermarkets and other restaurants, etc., where we can be examples of the Dhamma by the way we carry ourselves. So yeah, he, he, yeah. We, we counsel others with these. So, so somebody comes up to you with a problem, they may not be um, a Dhamma practitioner or even interested, but you'll be able to counsel them with ease, meaning you won't get entangled in their life, but you'll be present with them. Bodhi, that's enough today. Come here. Come here, what's but by the matter? doing that, Sit by down. doing that, 
our what he's saying in the poem is that by doing that our hurtful qualities fall away um but he he, he makes a point i think to put counsel others with ease before that yes yes um, and, and so it's the ongoing practice that deepens your practice yeah oh so you i maybe you're not getting to looking at this subtle point but it might be that uh, when when Kotita was out counseling others, was he an official teacher, an awakened, an awakened, an awakened Dhamma practitioner before he started teaching? Um, and no, none of them were. Uh, some of them were on the verge, but uh, as soon as someone had a grasp of the Dhamma, the Buddha would um, ask them to go teach, or at least put them in situations where they were going to teach, whether okay. they realize it or not. So. Awakening is not a qualification for teaching the Dhamma. It's just, it, it's a, uh, like, it's, it's a certification, if you will, that you have enough foundation of the Dhamma and really enough exclusivity in your mind in relation to the Dhamma, not in the world, to actually teach the Dhamma. So, um, and that's part of something that might develop as well. And again, we can get into that if you get back into teacher training again, too. Um, so it doesn't take an awakened human being to necessarily teach the Dharma. Um, although you will find that the general quality of a Dharma teacher within the framework of Cross River Meditation Center is able to example the qualities of the Dharma. And I think you understand that. That's where we were going with our teacher training as well. Mm-hmm. So Mahakatita, and actually given, given the, the, the label as he is now, Mahakatita in relation to this little poem, he was an awakened monk at that point. But obviously he had developed that over time. And that's yeah. what he's talking about here. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's interesting. I like it. It's, um, it's relevant to what we were saying. Another thing that, came up on my mind while I was meditating was um, before I brought myself back to the breath <laughs> was um, the second arrow sutta I don't know what that that one's called but Salata Sutta it's the concept of that a, a bit like so I think I'm understanding it more in that the, the, the story we were saying earlier about when I felt sad the sadness is okay but it's the second arrow the first arrow is the sadness but the second arrow is the pain of me taking it personally and beating myself and being hard on myself. For yes, it. yes, it's exactly that. I love that. I love that image. I love the second arrow. Yeah. What's it called? What's it called? That sutta. Uh, it's the Salata Sutta and S A L L A T H A, and I just gave a talk on it last Saturday. So you'll you know, the, the oh, talk great. is relevant, so you can call it up. I was going to suggest it as we were talking to listen to it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it, it, it's something that's really standing out to me because I'm, I'm really understanding that now. That um, it's not about, in the moment, it's not about getting rid of the sad. Cody! Stop. It's not, it's not I'm sorry. About, um, uh, yeah, accepting the sadness and hoping it goes away. It's about staying with this just letting the sadness be and trusting it will go it will it will come and go but the the moment you take it personally and with my with, in my case uh beat myself up about it um is the moment that we add 
that we the pain where the pain drags on and on because we're yeah. we just added we just added another arrow, the second arrow. Yeah, that, that's exactly it, and that that's pure dharma practice. Um, that's such a significant sutta um, for me as a teacher because. I know when people really get the Salata Sutta that they're really getting the Dhamma. Again, this is one of those sutras where I've seen people's eyes, you know, lighten up. Bodhi, come here. What are you barking at? I'm sorry, Alex. Come here. Sit down. That's all right. No, it's a great sutta. It's a great sutta. It's, um, I'm going to read that one again. Yeah, listen to last Saturday's talk, too. Okay. It was a, a really okay. great talk. Um, yeah, be, before I forget... What we talked about before class was really a great teaching, and I'd like to include it in the talk, but we did make reference to your personal relationship. Would you like me to edit that out? or And you can tell me you'd rather not have any of the no, talk I, included. Uh, you can leave it. You can leave it. it, it wasn't, last week was quite a lot about my personal stuff, but this week it's okay. It's, I thought it was interesting too. Yeah, I think it'd be great for everyone to listen to, so thank you for letting me include it. So I'll, I'll do that. Um, and you know one more thing that I'd like to talk about and then we can talk about anything you want to is I think you're understanding how deep and profound a level we need to practice gentleness with ourselves yeah because it really is in the moment isn't it that we're practicing that um, no like I said to you I can't emphasize enough how much this last week just the space I've had to be honest I haven't had this kind of time off for a long time where I haven't been stressed about work and stuff. Um, I've just had this space to really think about the pain that I'm in. I've been feeling a lot of pain and then I'm really thinking about it and meditating and then applying everything I've learned. Um, And what's come very true to me is that I I don't really practice, yeah, the going gently. I I always say I will, but I don't. (laughs) So now you will. And it's time to. It's really is. It really is time to to change that. So yeah. I've got to. Yeah. So so I've got to work on. Yeah. I've got to make that my my focus for a while. I think. Yeah, and if you don't, you will. <laughs> so listen to what you just said, Alex. You said I'm in a lot of pain. What is the first noble truth? There is dukkha. What is, is the Buddha I, teaching us? Just that. It relates just to what you just said. I'm in a lot of pain. I don't have to take it personal because somebody said, yeah, there's going to be pain. But what we gain an understanding of as we accept the present moment of dukkha is liberation from the need for this moment to be any different. And then we're much more present for the the 99% that I often refer to. It's being caught up into the 1% of of eye-making that we miss the 99% of life unfolding. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it's been a big teaching for me. Just coming here and had it, having it articulated again is really helpful because it's a big, it's been a big thing for me this week in my, in my mind and in my conversations I've been having and my therapy and um, this is just really adding to it again. But I've, well, this is just put, putting it in the Buddhist con- context and it's really helping me. Um, so, yeah, thank you, John. Yeah, thank you, Alex. It's always a pleasure. Uh, you might have even heard me said some of my favorite classes are when it's just me and one other uh, person because we're able to really get at a, at issues like this. But this is 
Again, there's nothing personal in, this, in what we talked about. It's just pure dollar. So, yeah. thank you. Um, if you have any trouble finding the Salata Sutta, just let me know. But if you do a search on it, it'll pop up. Uh, and it's part sure. of the wise restraint study as well. So, uh, but let's finish with uh, Meta as we always do. Yeah, yeah. Again, just one more thing. I know I talk a lot. Continue to be gentle with yourself, Alex, because you're coming to some very profound levels of understanding that may seem unsettling and so let the unsettledness be part of your dharma practice and be okay with that and you'll move through it uh with with grace and ease the more you treat yeah. yourself with gentleness yeah practice practice yeah and you know i'm always available to you too so thanks john my pleasure so again just take a moment to become mindful of your in-breath and your out-breath and let that mindfulness of your breath unite your mind in your body. And these are the Buddha's words on metta from the Karaniya Metta Sutta. This is what should be done by one who is skilled in goodness and who knows the path of peace. Let them be able and upright, straightforward, straightforward and gentle in speech, Bodhi. I'm sorry, Alex. Humble and not conceited, contented and easily satisfied. Unburdened with duties and frugal in their ways, peaceful and calm and wise and skillful, not proud or demanding in nature. Let them not do the slightest thing that the wise would later reprove. May all beings be at ease. Whatever living beings there may be, whether they are weak or strong, omitting none, the great or the mighty, medium, short or small, the seen and the unseen, those living near and far away, those born and to be born, may all beings be at ease. Let none deceive another or despise any being in any state. Let none through anger or ill will wish harm upon another. Even as a mother protects with her life her child, her only child, so with a boundless heart should one cherish all living beings. Radiating kindness over the entire world, spreading upwards to the skies and downwards to the depths, outwards and unbounded, freed from hatred and ill will. Whether standing or walking, seated or lying down, free from drowsiness, one should sustain this recollection. This is said to be the sublime abiding. By not holding to fixed views, the pure-hearted one, having clarity of vision, being freed from all sense desires, is not born again into this world. Thank you, Alex, for a really wonderful class. Peace. Thank you, John. I'll see you soon, my friend. Yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Record. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.